Hello, church and guests. This is Pastor Jay Hines. And Pastor Joe Sorgen. Welcoming you to another episode of the Open Bible Podcast. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This last Sunday, as we continue to work through the book of Philippians as a church, we landed in chapter 3, verses 17 to 14, where Paul exhorted the Philippian Christians to stand firm in the faith, even as they were feeling a lot of uh, pressure from the outside, particularly false teachers who were compromising the gospel. And Paul said, stand firm, my brothers, out of love for them uh, in the faith, in the gospel of grace. And then he, he gave a number of ways that we can do that. And one of them was by imitating himself and other mature Christians. So in Philippians 3, verse 17, he says, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Now, I mentioned that this uh, instruction to imitate himself, Paul, an apostle, and imitate other Christians is actually quite common in Paul's letters. Maybe one of the more well-known is uh, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, where he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So Paul had said earlier that he's far from perfect, but so far as he is accurately, faithfully imitating Christ, uh, others should imitate him. And really, that should be the case for uh, any other Christians who are likewise growing in Christ likeness and are, we might say, further down the road of the Christian faith than we are, that we would look to them and imitate them, and particularly how they've been steadfast in the faith. So what Joe and I want to talk about, discuss briefly in this episode, is who, who are people in our lives that we've imitated? Uh, mentors, I guess we could say. Uh, other men who maybe were, or women who are further along than us in our faith and who spoke into our lives, but also showed us what it means to live a faithful Christian life. So we'll just give you a few examples and hopefully that spurs you on to consider the same. So Joe, how about you? Who are some people that you've imitated, some mentors in your life? Yeah, well, one of the first people that comes to mind is uh, my my best friend from back where my parents are from in Priestville. And um, he is several years older than me, and we kind of started a bit of a, a friendship when I was, oh, I was probably in grade seven, and he would have been in grade 11 or 12 already at that point. But um, it was just really interesting. He kind of took me under his wing, and um, and myself being a, a, such a young guy, and he was young, obviously, as well. But uh, we went to the same school. It was a K-12 school, so I'd see him from time to time, and um, you know, even just looking at his life, uh, how he lived it at, at school was something that I noticed as a young Christian, seeing an older Christian in the school and recognizing, okay, like you can see that there's something very different about, about this guy than from everybody else. And, uh, and just, uh, that, that was actually really huge for me as I got older and, uh, I recognized that there were younger Christians from my own church who perhaps were looking up at me as well. And I, I remembered his example and I don't know that he was doing it consciously because he knew I was looking or anything like that. Um, but just his example of, uh, living faithfully. And I'm sure if I asked him now, he'd be like, Oh man, Joe, I wasted my time in high school. I don't know what I was doing. Um, but you know, there was still enough there that I, I had noticed and I thought was very admirable uh, as a Christian. So it was, it was something that I saw, but it was also conversations and, and time spent together as well. You know, the, the amount of times that uh, at youth group or after youth group, we would chat about um, 
our, our walks with the Lord. We would um, occasionally, you know, read the Bible together, discuss different passage of scripture. Uh, even when he went off to Bible college, the, the phone calls that we would have. And I know how busy you can get at Bible college, but he would take time every other week and we would talk on the phone for a couple hours uh, every, usually every Wednesday night and just about life. And he, he prioritized me. And that was something that, you know, was, was really special and, uh, and meant a lot. And the great thing is too, you know, in, in our situation, um, we were, we're great friends because of our, our common faith, but we do also have other similar interests. And so it's just funny if you ever heard us talk, even now, when we talk on the phone, we jump from, you know, kind of, making fun of each other's teams. He's a Leafs fan. I'm an Oilers fan and kind of going back and forth about that to talking about the Raptors. And then all of a sudden we'll be talking about like, you know, how, how we are seeing God working in our family. And it's like, how in the world did we ever like jump from one thing to the next? I never know how we get from one thing to the next, but um, it's just, it's really neat to have a, a friendship and someone who is still uh, a mentor to me uh, in, in that way. And so that's one person who comes to my mind right away. Hmm. What came to my mind first was actually not an individual, but a couple. So when Colleen and I were in our second year of university and we got engaged, the church we were going to, they it was not a huge church, but a bit larger. So, and a lot of young, young people. So they would actually do kind of like a group premarital counseling thing. That was also sort of a marriage enrichment thing. So we met with the pastor once, just the two of us. But then it was a group and the group is actually two or three couples, us included, who were getting married. But then there also were two older couples. So we would have been in our, you know, 2021 and then two other couples who were in their early 30s who were doing more of a sort of a refresher. And this one couple who is, you know, probably about 10 years older than us, they had three young kids. And actually, we met at their house for this. We we really had a lot in common with them and we developed a, a friendship with them pretty quickly. And it was just so helpful for us starting out our marriage to have this older couple really take us under their wing and, and just become friends with them. And they would have us over often, even after this uh, premarital stuff was, was done and we would just hang out with them. Uh, we would, and we got to observe not only their marriage, you know, and they've been married, I think about 10 years at that point, but also just how they parented, and the priorities in their life. And, and it really made us feel quite special, to be honest. You know, here we are, these little 20-somethings, and we felt like, oh, wow, these, <laughs> this couple in their 30s, and they own a house and have kids, and they actually like us, and they're actually interested in us, and they're interested in what we have to say, and, and they want to share life with us. And, and that, that meant so much. And, and we, I think we kind of, uh, you know, I said on Sunday that a lot of stuff in the Christian life isn't just taught, but it's caught. And I think one thing we really caught from them was the priority they made on keeping their life simple, on putting church and family first. And so this couple, they were from uh, the Okanagan in BC. They had moved, but they they had a trailer, I think, there that he had been an electrician for a couple of years. And then they moved to Winnipeg. And I believe they moved to Winnipeg because of the church. They, the, they had made some friends who were part of the, the church there. And they said, you know, you should come and uh, be involved in the church. And then also there's a house down our street and, you know, a bunch of us live on the same street in Winnipeg and we kind of can get together and we watch our kids and our kids play and we have potlucks and we're really 
developing our, our Christian community in an even deeper way. And they're like, yeah, we should do that. So they left everything behind in BC. They rented out their trailer out there. They bought this really old house in a area of, uh, of Winnipeg where their friends were at. And then he was an electrician, but he actually only worked like, I don't know, I think it was maybe like three quarter time because they realized that's all they needed to be able to live. Uh, and that meant more time for church, more time for their, their kids and their family. And that really st stood out to us and really uh, influenced us just to keep life uh, as simple as possible in order to be able to make your church and your family a priority. And so, uh, yeah, that's just one couple that, that comes to mind. And, and it's just an example. It doesn't always have to be just one person or mm -hmm. even uh, the person of the same, the same gender, but having even couples mentoring couples can be a, a huge thing. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I think, you know, what you said, even just about things being caught again, that does go back a little bit to what I said, even just seeing what, how my friend, you know, lived when he was in high school. But I just think of other people who have, <clears throat> who have uh, mentored me uh, as well. I, at, at Miller, they kind of have a more official mentoring program. Uh, and I was partnered up for my second and third year with the uh, former Dean of Men there, who's actually the the director now at the Winnipeg campus. But um, it, that was one of those things, again, he was someone that I knew a little bit prior to going to Miller, just because him and my dad were friends and played hockey together previously. But th there was just always something about him that I, I saw and I noticed. And uh, what I came to realize it was, was just this uh this joy hmm. which of course is a huge theme throughout philippians but just like you never know if he was having a bad day or a good day because he's just like you know you would see him and he's just had joy and i just think i hope i i've caught that to an extent probably not near as much as he did he has it but um you know that was just something probably one of the most valuable things he ever taught me and we never once talked about it hmm. um it was just something that he did and i i noticed and uh, I, I admired about him it was just this, this joy that he could have in any situation in life, it seemed. And that's, you know, something that, again, we see Paul has, he's just like, I rejoice in every situation and he's in jail while he's writing it. And uh, mm. my, my former mentor, I think is someone who would also be able to do that. Mm. Yeah. I, I was thinking too, about two ministry mentors I've had. So one in our former church, one of the elders there, who was also a, a missionary on one of the reserves nearby. And then, my ministry mentor here as well, who's a former pastor and now a Bible school instructor. And when I think about both of them, very different personalities in some ways, different ministries. Um, but, you know, and I think this is what makes such a good mentor. Both of these men have time for me. They, they've never, neither of them ever have made me feel rushed or well, I'm inconveniencing them. Both of them in still in serving in ministry, uh, you know, busy, uh, a lot on their plate. And yet always made me feel like you're important. I have time for you. I want to hear what's on your heart. Uh, I want to offer humbly, maybe some counsel, some advice. I want to pray for you. And also expressing in their own different ways, also love for me, you know, which is is huge. And and I, I say that because uh, I could I could tell you all kinds of wonderful advice they've given me. I could tell you uh, characteristics of their Christian life that I, like you said, are caught, like that I emulate or want to emulate and imitate. 
but really when it comes down to it what i appreciate so much about both of these guys is just the time they've given me and in that way have shown me that they really care and and i hope that maybe that's what i would imitate the most from them is just being willing to give time and full attention to to someone else and that's really important for us as pastors because so often we feel like we're the ones who always are giving our full attention to other people we're the ones who are listening we're the ones who are prodding we're the ones who are giving advice and so to have men like that and i just think about the the elder in our former church especially i mean we always joked because uh you know it, was, it wouldn't be monthly necessarily i mean we'd connect here and there but probably every couple months we would get together just to talk and uh, our wives always joked that okay well I guess you guys will be kind of out of commission for a couple hours because basically, you know, we would say he would, he would drop off his wife in town, you know, at an appointment and be like, okay, honey, like I'll pick you up in an hour. And she's like, yeah, right. You know, I'll bring a book along because it'll be more like two hours or three hours. Cause we would just talk and talk and pray. And that meant the world to me. And uh, as those of you who are listening, who might be considering whether you could be a mentor to someone else i would just give that advice that it's not about you having answers to everything it's not about you living a perfect life no one does it's not about you you know reading some book and getting all these insights on how to be the perfect mentor those things can all be helpful but really what it comes down to is giving people your time your full attention listening loving them praying for them that's that's the best kind of mentorship there is and i think you know what you said there at the end too about praying like that's I think uh, prayer as as a mentor for the person that you are mentoring shows, first of all, that um, that you are giving them your full attention. You know, when when uh, my mentors ask what they can be praying for me about, and then we aren't able to talk for two months, and then two months later they bring up those same prayer mm-hmm. requests and be like, "How are these things doing?" Because yeah. I've been praying for you about it. You know, that says an awful lot, yeah. and is really encouraging. And I just think. That's one of the most important things that a mentor can do for the person that they are are mentoring is uh, praying with them in their presence when you're when you're together. That's huge uh, because then you know they know at least you prayed for them once if you didn't pray for them any other time. Uh, but also you know when you think of it, continue to pray for them even when you're not together. Um, and uh, that that is a huge encouragement for sure for that person uh, whom you are mentoring, uh, and and it also is a huge help and benefit to them in, in their life as well, uh, more than more than we could probably even measure. So mm-hmm. that's just a one, one little tidbit that I would share as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good place maybe to end. Uh, we hope this discussion again was helpful to you, our listeners, and not only being hearers, but doers of the word. And we would just encourage you to consider discussing these things also with others Uh, in your family or your church, whether you're part of our church, Church of the Open Bible, or another church, consider what you've heard from the word from your pastor on the Lord's Day and discuss it and talk about how you can apply those truths to your life. Because we know that it is the doers of the word, James says, who are truly blessed. So join us next time. We'll be discussing another matter from another sermon. But until then, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with you now and forever. So long. See ya. Thank you.